be like T-ball pretty soon. Hutchin and a ground ball to third, breaking for the plate, the throw, and they got him. No, he called him safe. He called him safe. Unbelievable. That is remarkable. That is unbelievable. The throw beat him by a mile. Live. Did he get him? Oh, he tapped entertainment capital of the world. It isn't. The runner goes halfway. No. Somebody thought it was on. His Torres had to scoop it in. Doesn't get it. And Ty Wigginton, oh, oh, he made he bumped him and he's gone. It's the T.C. Martin Show. And Wigginton is furious. Diagnosis. The 3-2 pitch. Prognosis. Outside ball for Cross Strike 3. Osmosis. Cross Strike 3. I didn't think that Marty Foster was going to ring it up. The doctor, T.C. Martin. No, goodness no, gracious. No, no, no. you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. The doctor is now in. Get your money's worth. Glad to have you with us here on this Tuesday. Glad to have you with us. Oh, yes, it is. Las Vegas Aces basketball tonight. They return home after a long East Coast road trip. And Aces look for their first home victory in a month. How crazy does that sound? They're in a three-game winning streak. Three games. They go East Coast, and they sweep the New York Liberty in back-to-back games. And then they beat the Connecticut Sun. So the Aces are playing great basketball. But they lost their last three home games. And you got to go back to exactly a month to the day that they won their last home game. So looking forward to that. I know a lot of people are looking forward to wagering on the Aces as well, too, thinking like, oh, yeah, they're going to win tonight. Take on the Atlanta Dream. So we'll talk a little Aces today. Chelsea Gray will join us, and Chelsea Gray will be my pregame guest uh, tonight on the show along with Becky Hammond. So obviously they got some thoughts regarding travel and the way they're playing right now as well, too. So Chelsea Gray, you'll hear from her on the show here today, just getting back uh, from practice as uh, the Aces Getting ready for tonight's game against the Atlanta Dreams. Can they make it four in a row? And like I said, I believe the Aces are going to win this these next three games, make it a six-game uh, winning streak, get ready for the playoffs, and be ready to roll. All right, so we'll talk to the Aces point guard, Chelsea Gray, coming your way today. You'll hear from her. Heidi Fang is going to join us. Heidi, our great Raiders insider, UFC insider. So we will talk to her about both of those entities. Always fun having Heidi on the show. So we'll talk to her. And then also, uh, my good friend, Greg Vaughn, the 15-year Major League Baseball veteran, four-time All-Star, Silver Slugger Award winner back in that uh, very electric year at the plate in 1998 when he was battling Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire for the home run title, if you remember that crazy uh, season, which was great. Uh, Greg Vaughn will join us uh, today, and he'll give us some all-star thoughts. Why? Because it's the all-star game tonight at Chavez Ravine in Dodger Stadium. So looking forward to that. So uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the home run derby from last night and uh, give some great memories uh, with Greg regarding... Uh, his time in the major leagues, and uh, he still continues to follow uh, Major League Baseball today, uh, especially a lot with the Brewers and the Padres, as he has uh, been with them, been part of their broadcast uh, teams as well 
over the last few years. So uh, we'll talk to GV23, as I like to say, and my Sacramento brother. We will talk to him coming up uh, a little bit later on this hour, so hang tight for that. So, yes, Major League Baseball All-Star Game tonight. I am kind of bummed because I'm not going to get a chance to watch the game. So, yes, I'm going to record it tonight because obviously I'll have to – um, I'll be doing the Aces tonight as the Aces take on the Dream, like we mentioned tonight at the Michelob Ultra Arena. But uh, I'm going to try to get home from the game and maybe fast forward through the game tonight after I record it. And one good thing is with All Star games, they tend to go pretty quick because the pitching usually dominates. So I may be able to fast forward my way through commercials, through everything else. Uh, what do you think? Maybe? Can I get through this game in about an hour and 15 minutes? I don't know, Numchuck. How long would it, is it going to take me to watch the All-Star game back tonight when I get home? If I fast forward, because we usually have a lot of low-scoring All-Star games because pitchers dominate, yeah. in my opinion. So, what's the under-over that I can fast forward and watch the game completely so I could at least talk about it smartly enough tomorrow. Uh, two hours? Two? You no, think, no, no, you're, you're, I'm you're, thinking you're, hour and 15, hour and 20, hour, hour and a half. I can go zip, zip, zip. I mean, you could go zip, zip, zip. You could even fast forward like to the exact pitch. I, I, you know, you know I, I, I kind of do that. But then again, I'm not going to know anything. because, And I don't want people texting me during the course. Of, oh, man, what a great game. Oh, did you oh, see I that home so run? No, you're, no, no you're, not, you're not. My phone, well, I can't have my phone off because... I, I I just have to have it on I know. With, with, with I know with the aces and texts that I get from them and that sort of thing during the game. So I'm gonna you, have fun. <laughs> don't pull up my phone and say, "Oh, did you see that?" Alert! Alert! Did you oh, see that? Every yeah, <laughs> and I probably wouldn't mind it. And I I tried to do that last night. You know, I went to a movies last night and I said, "Okay, I'll just do that exact same thing with the home run derby last night, and I'll fast forward to the home run derby." Because, obviously, my main thing that I wanted to see, well, two things. I wanted to see how Albert Pujols did against Kyle Schwarber. Thank you very much for that. And that is not only in your face, Numbshow, but that was in a couple other Ham and Eggers faces last night who tried to say that I was on crack or something. And you, and you, and I, to- I had to tell you, I go, what, what is your allegiance to Kyle Schwarber anymore? Nothing. Because he's not with the Cubs anymore. He ditched the Cubs. I wanted to see that. And Albert Pujols did win the first round, plus 250. That was nice. And then I wanted to see who the eventual winner was. And, uh, yeah, as predicted, uh, number one seed, phony seed, Kyle Schorber, gone. Pete Alonzo, not going to go back to back to back. Not happening. Didn't happen. So he, he went out. Uh, got the first round victory, but he went out in the semis. So Julio Rodriguez and... And Juan Soto in the finals. So I got through the home run derby last night because I fast forward after Pujols won. Yeah. Then it kind of piqued my interest. Well, did he win again? Did he, he wouldn't win the second round too, would he? And so I kind of fast forward. So I actually went through every mat, uh, matchup, fast forward, and I think I got in the home run derby 40 minutes. I think I was under 40 minutes. In so did, did you watch every single matchup? Pitch? Every single matchup. I saw every single matchup. I did. Okay. And I fast forward because, you know, they, they had you know, the number of homers on the upper yeah. left-hand corner. So, okay, okay, he's got 15. This guy's got three. I'm looking at the clock. You would, boom, you boom, you boom. would fast forward. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty much of a master with, yeah. with, with the fast forward. Yeah. 
I get that going, especially when I record like baseball games or football games. Football is easy because you just forget all the huddle stuff and go and you know go. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if my remote actually does. But bzz, are you a master that. of your domain? I am the master of my domain. That's right. I did win a contest one time. Just so you know. <laughs> That's right. Um, multiple contests. What do you think of that? Some of us have discipline, Nunchuck. Some, some don't. That's all I got to say. You could never win a contest. You'd be like Elaine. You'd be the first one out. Uh, another Seinfeld reference. There you go. I think many people know exactly what I'm talking about. All right. So I'm going to say I want to watch the All-Star game because I do like the All-Star game. I'm thinking under if we're handicapping this game tonight just because pitchers are usually dominant. And we're going to talk to Greg Vaughn when he joins us here at the bottom of the hour, get his thoughts. He's been in four of these All-Star games. Who has the advantage in the All-Star game, hitters or pitchers? That's the big question mark here. And I say hitters, or rather pitchers. I think the pitchers do. That's why we see so many low-scoring All-Star games. And the American League is dominated. Will they continue to dominate? I'd be happy for Dusty to to get the because he is managing the American League All-Stars. So... Of course, I'd, I'd love to see them win here. But, yeah, we'll look at the matchups. We'll look at all that here for you today. So, uh, good stuff. But, yeah, all-star game last night. Yeah, we mentioned Juan Soto defeats Julio Rodriguez. People already want to give Julio Rodriguez the Rookie of the Year award already. I understand that. Uh, a lot of talk between him and Jeremy Pena for the Astros. But Rodriguez, 21 homers. And... Didn't he get out of the gate last night by hitting, you know, what did we see? 32 homers in the very first round. 32! Ended up with like 83 or 82 yeah. for the whole, it, it, the record. Something like that, yeah. Um, and he beat Seager in the opening round. But you know, there, there is a lot of nonsense with the All-Star game as well, too. When you talk about... The home run derby. When you're looking at the guys that um, advance on with very low amounts, and it's kind of like the three point shootout that the NBA has, the WNBA has. You just wonder: Does this is this right? The format. Now I understand you like the head to head competition. That's okay. That's good. That's intriguing. But how fair is it? If you're having a home run derby, shouldn't you crown the guy that has the most home runs? I would say so. And, and this is a big, it's been a pet peeve of mine for a while. If anybody has thoughts on that, chime in. 702-221-7283. Because I know a lot of people talk about this, especially from, you know, you talk about a betting perspective as well, too. People that, that wager on this stuff, they're saying, hey, you know, it's like, you know, my, my guy's out. So, you know, we had one round where it was something like, you know, 16 to, to, to 14. And then again, you know, when you've got, you know, 32 versus 23 or 24 or 25 or whatever that number was, oh, yeah, 24, 25 is gone. Seeger has gone. And he loses to a guy that went off and connected on 32. So is that fair or not? That's a question. Um, do you like watching the home run derby? As Matt Holt said yesterday, it is by far 
the most wagered on of all the home run derby, uh, rather all the the All Star Weekend festivities, more so than the All Star Game itself. So, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I was glad that I was able to fast forward this thing in less than 40 minutes. That's all I got to say. So, no thoughts on the All Star Game tonight. Thoughts on the home run derby. Does it make sense? This is a terrible Tuesday. So I got some terrible Tuesday thoughts, I guess, on, on the All-Star game. But I do like it better than, than obviously, the NBA and de- most definitely more than the NFL because that's, you know. That, how, do you, that, how do you feel on the tie situation now? If it ends in a tie, they're going to a home run derby. See, okay, there you go. Now, that's exactly what I'm talking about. No, no. Yes. yes. And, and this is a problem that we're talking about going forward because people are complaining about the ghost runner, or as I like to say, the softball rules at second base. I'm totally fine with that. And I think the more that people watch this and get used to it, there is some strategy that comes into play when you have the ghost runner. I'm not even sure I like that term, the ghost runner on second base. But a home run derby in a regular season game for Major League Baseball is absurd. And if you're going to put it in an all-star game, it's even more absurd because we already had the home run derby last night. Why do we want to see more? And think about this. How does that speed up the game? What are the rules that you're going to have if you have a tie game at the end of nine? Oh, let's have a home run derby. How does that make any sense whatsoever? And I'm so glad you brought this up. How does it make any sense? How does that speed the game up? Because we already know the home run derby is too darn long anyway, right? So how does this even work? So each play, each hitter, there will be. What, what do you mean each hitter? Each hit. So each each team is going to pick. They pick one hitter, right? Three hitters. Three hitters. Three hitters. Okay. They will get. Uh, three hitters will each get three swings. <laughs> okay. So the number of homers, are, you know, right? Yeah. Total. The, 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 the total, total will win. The higher total wins. They get three pitches. They get no three swings. They get three swings. Three swings. Okay. Who's who's pitching to them? Who's pitching to him? Now, all of a sudden, we've got major league pitchers out there in a all-star game. And I'm going to bring this up like in a regular season game because this is one of the things they're talking about, about replacing the current model that we have, putting the runner at second base in extra innings. So what do you do? Now, all of a sudden, you're going to trot a guy out there with a bucket of balls? Really? Is this what we're going to see now? You're going to bring out the, 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 the batting practice pitcher? Is this what we're going to see? No. This is stupid. And again, if you're going to try this out, like you're going to try out the pitch clock and everything else, then do it in the minor leagues. Don't muck it up here in a Major League Baseball game and then a, or a Major League Baseball All-Star game. If this is happening tonight... It's happening tonight. In, in extra innings? It, there's no extras. At nine... What do you mean? That's what it, I'm talking about. If it's tied no, in, we're not, in nine... They're not, there better not be a tie tonight, is what I'm saying. There better not be a tie tonight. Then it'll be three. I'm going to go three hours if there is a tie for you for this you to watch. Is, this is my point now, right? Because how does this speed up the game? How does it speed it up? It doesn't speed it up, right? No. Because now what if you have, oh, you know, three guys hit uh, four homers, okay? They hit four homers. Then we're going to go again. We're going to go pick three new guys, same three guys. So, no, it'll be a fourth. If there's a if there's still a tie, then the fourth comes to place and, for, and so forth. Oh. So, do you want... It is a member of each uh, of the league's um, 
pitching or uh, coaching staff will will deliver the pitches. Yeah. Are they going to walk out there with a bucket of balls? I hope not. Yeah, thank you. So, do you want the players that the the, the teams have already been selected to? Okay, American League. Give it American to me. League. Yes. Ty France. <laughs> oh God, this is crazy. All right, go ahead. Ty France. Julio Rodriguez. Oh, oh what is this? Seattle. Now, Dusty select these guys. Who selected them? I. It That's what I want to know. I th- I, I'm thinking Dusty did, or or uh, the pitching staff, because the third one's t- Kyle Tucker. Okay, so if uh, see, I I had a thought here because if Dusty is picking this, I'm thinking in my brain, knowing him, he picked two Seattle Mariners so they wear themselves out because they're getting ready to face them after they face the Yankees on Thursday. But then if he's going to put Tuck in, that's his own guy, so it kind of messes that up there. All right, who's the National League guy? Pete Alonso. Okay, home run hitter. Acuna Jr. Okay, home run Schwarbs. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, like, yeah. I, how good did all three of those guys look last night? Boom. Not good at all. Okay, Karen, what are your thoughts? Uh, home run derby last night, this fiasco here on a terrible Tuesday. Oh, TC, it's too bad you only have two hours because <laughs> I could talk for two months on this. You know, sports in general, uh, my poor father is rolling over in his grave going, I told you, I told you, when they made sports about entertainment and not about the game, it's going to hell in a handbasket, as he used to say. Um, I don't know what happened to baseball. I don't know what they're smoking up in that upper room. I don't know what they're doing, but they are doing everything they can to screw up this game. And it is probably one of the best games out there. But first of all, that home run derby, I don't even know what it was. It made no sense. Have you ever heard of a competition where a guy who hits the second most home runs doesn't advance? That made no sense to me. The first two guys go and hit 32 and I think 27, 24. And 24 doesn't move on, but 19 does. Uh, I, I watched it. It was stupid because if the guy you're going up against only hits 15, you get to stop at 16 and go sit down and rest for the next round. So Soto actually didn't hit as many in his first round as two or three other guys. So that whole, right? that whole thing was so stupid, I was like, I just I don't know how anybody thought it was. How can you give a guy a trophy and say you are the home run champion, but you didn't hit the most home runs? I don't get that. I, I going to take me a while to comprehend that one. Um, and and they keep changing it every couple of years to make it easier. Now you can have your daddy pitch to you because you grew up hitting to your daddy. Now you can get a lighter bat. Now you can get a longer bat. Who's your daddy? Okay. Uh, Yeah, who's your daddy? Exactly. Uh, I don't get it. I think these, I can only imagine these old-timers rolling over in their graves going, home run what? What? You did everything but walk the ball over the fence, you know? Uh, uh, Reminds me of the old gun they use at the the basketball games. What are you doing, shooting it over the fence? Are you going to actually hit a home run? But did you see uh, the size of the trophy? Yeah, yeah, I knew, I, I knew, I, was, I knew you were going to say that. I was going to say, <laughs> where's Kelsey Plum when you need her? Well, exactly. How big yeah, was that trophy? Are, 
Three times the sizes. It Kelsey was at Blum? least two Louisville Sluggers. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, I mean, I'm just watching this thing, and then we get, oh, if you can hit it 440 feet, you get bonus time. But the other guy didn't get bonus time. Which, by the way, excuse me, I have to thank you for the plus 250 on Albert Pujols. I, I listened to you and thought everything you said made sense. And you know what? Let's send him out with a first-round win, so why not bet on it? And that was that was my play of the day, and thank you very much. Uh, but then again, if you look at it, he he had less time, so he actually did hit more. So it's just the dumbest thing. Put all the guys out there, let them hit, same guy throwing the ball, same everything, and whoever hits the most wins. None of this bonus for showing up or Whatever. Well, here's the thing, okay, and, and you touched on it, but the biggest problem that we have with this, I mean, there's several problems. Like you said, it should be, and I guess you know, when we're talking about the NBA three-point contest or the WNBA three-point contest, you're taking the top people to move on, okay? So it's not head-to-head. So a person who has 18 three-pointers, the next person has 17, 16, okay, they're going to the final. Okay, that's the way it should be. Home run derby should be the exact same way, to your point. But where in the world do we have a clock in Major League Baseball? There is no clock, and I know what people say, well, the clock is coming, the pitch clock is coming, it's coming. No, it shouldn't come. The only clock that you should see is up on the scoreboard. It tells you what time the first pitch is, and it has nothing to do with the game. I'm watching this last night, and I'm thinking, because I was telling Numchuck, I'm fast-forwarding this thing. How quickly can I get through this thing? And I fast-forward, and I'm going, okay, well, this guy won. Wait a minute. It's not over yet. This guy's still hitting. Wait a minute. Now I rewound it. So I spent more time rewinding. Why? Because they kept adding time. It was like another 30 seconds. Oh, he gets another 30. How do you get another 30 seconds? How does the guy get an additional minute? And first of all, why are we doing a clock? Do like 10 pitches or 10 outs like they used to do. Now we're going against the clock. It just doesn't go with baseball. Look at this. No, it, I don't want any part of this. Why? But baseball just wants to do stupid things for entertainment value, and they don't think them out. I mean, my God, look at their uniforms. Do you even know who's playing anymore? Because you have colors that aren't even people's colors in their uniforms and well we want to sell more jerseys so we're going to pick a cause and dress people up for the weekend and sell those jerseys and people buy into it i i think you could have a segment every day on the stupidity of baseball i really do wait wait is there is there a bomb in the studio what is it nubchuck what is that what is that i don't know (laughs) Something's ticking. Four. Disarm that thing, please. You're making me nervous. You make all of our listeners nervous. Disarm that immediately. Where's Charlie Wilson in the Gap Band when you very need him right now? now? Very stressed. Hold Jeez. On. Hold on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hold on. Green wire. Green wire. Or is it the red wire? I don't know. Karen, is it the green or the red wire? What is it? I don't know. Go with the blue. Go, go with the blue. blue. When in doubt, go Cubs blue. Thank, thank you, Numchuck. All right. I just want to say real quick before I hang up, I also think the All-Star game itself has been ruined 
I understand these guys are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but I really want to ask Dusty, you know, you asking for me, uh, would guys in his day ever say, mm, don't feel like playing in an all-star game? <laughs> Uh, I think I'm going to rest because I pitched already this week. I mean, um, I, I, I can't help but think of the movie Eight Men Out. You know, Comiskey, you think he would have let them rest? I'm <laughs> right. sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> you barely got a bottle of water at the end of the game. Uh, it, it's not. Uh, it, it's just too many of these guys. I understand injuries. I do. But too many of these guys are thinking about their wallets. And, and too many of the managers are thinking about uh, their players. I don't want my player playing. I don't want him in an all-star game. So, you know, they might as well just take a poll and say, who wants to play and then vote on those guys? Why do we vote if the guys you vote for aren't going to play? Yeah, do you think Eddie Seacott would sit out? Eddie Seacott <laughs> would go ahead and throw till his arm fell off. That's right. That's right. Eddie Seacott <laughs> would pitch every other day. Come on now. No, I'm Chuck Slugin. Eddie Seacott, eight men out. See? See how we're here. Uh, oh, no. All right. Thanks, TC. There it is. I appreciate the call, Karen. There, oh, there it is. Our time is up. Disarm. Disarm immediately. There goes Major League Baseball as we know it. <laughs> seriously, we have a clock in a home run derby. How many, seriously, renditions? There's your homework, Numchuck. How many renditions of the Home Run Derby have we gone through since its inception of different chaotic, ridiculous rules? Seriously, we've gone through how many different competitors, how many rounds, how many outs, timing on clocks, bonus time. Oh, now bonus time for bonus feet, 440. Another 30 seconds? 500 feet more? What is this? So wait, if they hit it 439, no bonus time. I guess. And and here's another thing. How do we know how accurate this 439, 452 is? Come on. And and to get that instantaneously, how do you know? A ball is coming off a bat, all right? And it lands in the 16th row of the pavilion at Dodger Stadium before it takes a hop and hits the Kings Island Bun Shack over there. Oh, great barbecue, by so the way, on. Joe. Now, if, is it, How do you know? Is it How does anybody is it, know? Is it landing spot or is it You where tell it me. Hits? You tell me. Exactly. Yeah, landing it, spot. And how do you know? I mean, let's go. And pitch. Boom. Gone. There it goes. There it goes. Boom. Hits some ham and egg in the face. Goes off his kneecap. Bounces sideways. Goes up the ramp into the King's Hawaiian thing into somebody's beer cup. So, like, how do you know? Well, and then all of a sudden, within about five seconds, we got 446. What, what are you talking about? It's a guess. Nobody has any idea. And now we're going to reward someone. Oh, by the way, guessing. The, the winner uh, got a million dollars. Juan Soto got a million dollars for that. Oh, second place is affected too. They got $500,000. Are you kidding me? What? It's all wrong. It's all the concept is wrong. Concept is good. Home run derby, understand it. But get your rules, get your regulations, get top, it together, man. Top four need to, to advance. Top four is fine. Top four. Then top two. Top four, top two. And that's it. Winner. There you go. There's your three rounds. Or if we really want to just cut to the chase, you want to go eight. Okay, let's go eight. 
then top two advance. Why not? Cut, cut this thing down because it's just more swings on these guys. And remember, like I said yesterday, I don't think money's got anything to I do with Ronnie's it. I think Ronnie's in for what? TV deal. What do you, they more, just want to have the contest. More corporate sponsor time. More spo- no, no, there's no corporate sponsor time. What are you talking about? It's it, Less is more. You know what I'm saying? Less is more. Give us quality. Pack this thing into a half hour, 40 minutes tops. Be done with it. And this is what I talked about yesterday, about getting redundant. This is so bad now that if you watch the coverage last night, the guy would hit the homer. And the camera would be on to see where the ball lands. A pitch has already been thrown, so now they have to go to split screen. They have to go to split screen. I don't want to see split screen while I'm watching Home Run Derby. I want to see, just like I'm watching a baseball game, I want to see each the, pitch, the, each pitch where, boom, yeah. where it goes, and that sort of thing. But why are we doing this now? We never did it before, but why? Because we have a clock. Because how many pitches can we get in three minutes? So go back to your out thing. Go back to the outs. Yeah. Nine outs, ten outs, do that. It makes more sense. Then you can see the flight of the ball. But this thing was going. Did it? Was it a home run? I not. Oh, and by the way, the counter was asleep at the wheel too. Yeah, they were way behind. Yeah, it's all a joke. I mean, there wasn't one good thing from a broadcast perspective last night in that home run derby. That is the star of today's terrible Tuesday, and the only. Star of Terrible Tuesday. Ah, it, it was. It wasn't a star. It was horrendous. It was. It was horrendous to watch. I'm glad that I fast forward through it, and happy for Juan Soto. I guess. Oh, by the way, Juan Soto turned down 440 million dollars with the Nationals. Okay, but, and a lot of people are saying, "Well, how could he turn down that money? He thinks he's he's worth more." Not necessarily. I'm going to give Juan Soto the benefit of the doubt, and my take on this is that Juan Soto doesn't want to be part of this organization anymore. And Juan Soto will take an equal amount of money, maybe a little bit less, if he goes to a contender. Because the Nationals are not a contender. So people want to rip Juan Soto for turning down this money. He doesn't want to be with the Nationals. Same reason Bryce Harper turned down the money. Same reason Max Scherzer turned down the money from this clown organization. Okay? Soto is the future, but Soto says, we stink. This team is going to stink for a long time. I want out. If Soto was only concerned about the money, he would have taken that deal. That is my opinion. Now, are the Yankees going to come calling and offer him that amount of money? Probably so. Even if they offered him a little bit less, I think he would jump at the chance to take it. But he spent four, five seasons there with the Nats. Enough is enough. Why be there anymore? Did you watch the the post winning interview where Buster instantly was like, so what about the four? He instantly asked him about it. Of course he did. No. And no. he was like, I fast forward right through that. And one. he, it was great. He was just like, I'm focused on, I'm a champion right now. Yeah. That's all he it, said. And he, and he has to. Yeah. That's, again, and again, shame on Buster Olney and these reporters who take advantage of that. Talk about the contest. The guy doesn't want to talk about it. That's why he didn't come out in the media. That's why he didn't address it. At the uh, uh, the the press conference, the media day yeah. earlier in the day, didn't want to be bombarded with questions. Just talk about the home run derby. And the first question he's asked yeah. is, "Yeah, so yeah. how about the why, why, you, if you're going to ask him that question, why don't you say, hey, how's your team doing so far this year?' Yeah, how's that? You're going to get the same response. <laughs> we stink. 
All right, we come back. We'll talk a little more Major League Baseball All-Star Game tonight. The four-time All-Star Greg Vaughn joins us next. Hi, this is Lonnie Jordan from the band War, and you are listening to T.C. Martin. And now I forgot what he told me to tell you. (laughs) He's lying to you all. He's lying. Oh, yeah, a little Major League Baseball All-Star Game tonight. Chavez Ravine, Dodger Stadium. Coming off the heels of the Home Run Derby last night. So who you got tonight? The AL, the NL, who's it going to be? And please, I do not want to see extra innings if we're going to go tiebreaker with Home Run Derby. I've had enough Home Run Derby already. All right, let's talk about it. With a good friend, a guy that knows a thing or two about All-Star Games, he appeared in four of them, four all-time All-Star, 15-year Major League Baseball veteran, Silver Slugger Award winner, my guy, GV23, Greg Vaughn, the Padres, the Brew Crew, just to name a few, Rockies, Rays, I don't think I forgot anybody. GV, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, TC? How are you, bro? I'm good, man. I am good. So I know that you have been spending a lot of time here in Las Vegas, man. And Vegas has really kind of uh, become your, your, your second home. You have businesses here, residents here. I, I, tell me how much you're loving Las Vegas right now. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Hey, security's <laughs> tight. So you know, I just moved into the new house, and I, I, I don't even think I can get in yet until all the – you know, the paperwork's done. I paid for it, but they're tired of them guards with the guns not letting you in, man. Don't, <laughs> they can't get in to even move in. Don't they know who you are, man? I mean, come on. Maybe you need to carry Maybe you need to carry a bat with you. You ever think about that? You should carry your silver slugger bat with you. That's what you need to do. Hey, TC, my money's ashtray money, man. This is big money here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is true. All right, man. Well, I can hardly wait to see that new pad, man. It sounds like something special. Then again, man, I mean, we're going to have to go like through a you know a, a COVID test or ID test. I mean, uh, all this kind of stuff, man. It sounds like you're you're barricaded in there, man. Oh, I am. You know what, TC? Once we get the paperwork done and the cars get registered, and you know, I can get on the list. I can let anyone else in. But until then. <laughs> Hey, it's a good chance. I'm, hey, I left there right now. There's a good chance I won't be able to get back here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Well, let me know if you need a place to stay, man. I I, I got you, okay, man. You know, there you go. Uh, we don't want you. Uh, we, we, we don't. We don't want you st- stranded on the, on the street in 115 degree heat, man. You know. <laughs> No, that's no good. <laughs> hey, man, uh, let's talk a little bit. Oh, and by the way, and I know I wished you a, a happy birthday because you just had a recent birthday. So so happy birthday, man. And uh, did, did you celebrate that birthday in Vegas or were you in SAC, man? What, what, give, give me what the food, because you are just like me, man. You love the food. Give, what was that birthday dinner for you like? That's what I got to know. Well, I was at I was back home at uh, one of my favorite spots, the Sheldon Inn. Oh yeah, you know, out there off of up from Grant Line Road, and hey, it was tremendous. It was, you know, surrounded by, you know, shoot, the people are here right now. You know, so it's uh, it was perfect to be there and, uh, and and share with loved ones. You know what I mean? But you know, Vegas is you know my second home and. More like my primary, but I can't forget about, you know, I'm still 916 for life, man. It's, uh, I can't forget about where I came from. I can't forget about those kids. You know, I, the, you know, everybody's meant a big part of my life and me becoming who I am. And 
you know, I got to come back and make sure that uh, I do right by them. You got it. There it is. Our, our Sacramento Sports Hall of Famer, uh, Greg Vaughn. All right, man. All star game uh, coming up tonight. So hopefully you, you can you can get in and uh, get that TV set up, man, so you can uh, actually watch uh, the All Star game during right. Because our boy Dusty is managing the American League. Obviously, I know you feel like I do. Uh, happy for him. Uh, you played in four of these games yourself, man. Take us through that all-star experience uh, for a player, specifically yours, man. I know you know when you go through multiples like you did, uh, maybe the first one. Just talk about what it meant, man, to be an all-star. Well, I mean, I think it's an honor. You know, uh, for me, I'm a little bit, a little bit more low-key than, you know, you know, what the guys do now, but, you know, I'm not knocking them. You know, they get to have fun. You know, they're enjoying it. Uh, but when you, for me, you know, when you played every single day, there's no way I would not show up for an all-star game. But at the same time, <laughs> I could use those four days off, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I mean, you're being recognized by your peers. And, uh, you know, it's something that's an honor. You know, it's uh, a privilege. And like I said, it's a privilege to wear the big league uniform. So if I got selected and I wasn't hurt, I was going to play. What What is it with the modern-day player, man, that we, we – you know, you see these guys, you know, not wanting to play or just thinking, okay, maybe I, I need that – I want that extra time off. I want to go somewhere else, whether it's Mexico, Caribbean, or whatever it is. It seems like it. I don't, I don't re- recall that being the situation – back in the day, and specifically, you know, when you played. And it wasn't that far removed, you know, when you played. I mean, come on, you playing in the 90s and the early 2000s, that sort of thing. I mean, when did it now become – go back to the late 80s, too. Late that, 80s well, too. I know that. I know. <laughs> I, I know. But I, I'm, what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, you span basically like – like, you know, two to three decades here, but we're seeing more and more of this recently. So when did it become, you know, you know not cool to play in the All-Star game? You know what, TC? I, I, I don't think it was, it, it's a situation where they're not cool. I just think, you know what? These guys have to do what's best for their body. They have to do what's best for their family. And, you know, when you talk about some of these pitchers and the workload and the stuff that they go through, I think, you know, it's their decision to make that choice. You know yep. what I mean? And uh, I, I couldn't see myself not going. But, like I said, everyone has to do what's best for them. And, you know, especially these pitchers, you know, when you're talking about – we're talking about – you know the league of the league. You know, with, you know, in the pitching, with, you know, in the pitching staff, and you know, most of these guys would come back and start the next day, or they just came off two days before the All Star break starting. So, you know, they're trying to, you know, have an edge because at the end of the day, the All Star game is a big part of it, but winning a World Series ring is more important. So, and and you know, some of these guys, I'm sure, it's the. Uh, it's ownership and management that say, hey, you know, as much as these guys want to play, we're going to give them a day off. We're not going to let them, you know, we're not, you know, you can go, you can participate in all the antics, but we're not going to allow you to pitch because hmm. the big picture is a World Series ring. How, Greg, how relevant was it, you know, for you when, when you played in – do you remember like how many guys would like say refuse? Was that like just very very minimal, or did it even exist? Unless you were unless you were I, already like on the DL or the IL currently, but you know you used to call it the DL back in your day. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I can't recall anyone that flat out said they weren't playing because, like I said, it was an honor for us. You right. know what I mean? It was a, like I said, to wear the big league uniform is a privilege. We're not doing the game a favor. The game is going to allow us to live out a childhood dream and allowing us to play a, a game that and pay us very well to to play. So I don't recall anybody not playing unless they were hurt. You know, on a DL, you know, but just to opt out, I don't. But, you know, I mean, uh, I think we're getting, you know, I'm getting excited again, TC, because for me, you know, I, from Andrew Drone's son to Cam to CC, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, I, I see, you know, you know, with, the, you know, perfect game, uh, Major League. Baseball, in a sense, I would say in a sense, because you got Jerry Mine, Manuel, and guys like that that have kept the pressure on, you know, Commissioner Mather. You know, we're not going to allow our kids to be left out anymore. And you look at the draft, and you look at baseball now, guys don't run. Guys, you know, the game is sort of boring. You know, it's either a strikeout or a home run. And if you look at the numbers, you know, uh, and it's a testament to the pitchers and guys that have never played the game, you know, hey, swing up. We'd rather have a strikeout and move on a runner. We'd rather have you hit a single than, you know, if a man on the second and third base and you're going to give me the whole right side, uh, I'm fine with hitting a single. But you have guys in suits that are telling these guys, we'd rather have you hit a home run than knock in two runs, you know. So I, I think, you know, with this year's draft, a lot of us, a lot of African-American players are finally excited again because we're starting to see it trans- transcend back into a little bit, a little bit. We're doing better. Mm-hmm. A little bit of what it was when we played where every team had five, six, seven African-American guys on it. And, you know, you look at stone and bases. You look at going well, first to third, and you look at the excitement of the game. You know, it, that's what we did. You know what I mean? It right. was you know, that's what we brought. And, and it was a lot of good players, man. You look at, I mean, when I played, every team had five, six, seven African-American players. And I tip my hat to the NBA because the NBA might be the only organization in pro sports that does it right. They, you know what I mean? They, they, they do it right. They keep former players in the game. They keep former players involved in whether it is you know, front office jobs. They they keep them as general managers, coaches, on coaching staffs. Major League Baseball, this probably does the force. You know, in the NFL, at least you might not have head coaches, but you have coaches. You know what I mean? And uh, the, the uh, NBA, you know, you have female, you know, referees. And Major League Baseball is so far behind, man, and, and they don't get it. I don't think it's even an issue with them. You know, they talk about the players' allowance. Alliance. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, that's $150 million over, what, 20 years? <laughs> you know, who's going to see that money? And, you know, it's a way of them saying this is what we gave, but they can't account for where it's going right now. You know, so for me, like, like I said, and I never played for the Braves. I, but you know how happy I was for the Braves to win that World Series last year? Because they did something that, Every other team was scared to do. They had 152 years of experience of Major League Baseball players in their dugout as former players coaching their kids. And that, to me, was a testament to 
these guys that went to Harvard and Yale and, you know, saying they're smarter than everybody else and this is the way it's going to be. Good players win baseball games. Good coaches can coach good players. But it comes down to good players willing to uh, be open to being coached. And I know if, you know, for me coming up, you know, you had Ben Ogilvy, Cecil Cooper, you know, Gorman Thomas, you know, and I got to play with Jim Gantler, Paul Morgan, people like that. But they're around. And, you know, if you have a guy that's never been out of a ball, not, not thinking that, but I'm just saying because all they're going to do is agree with you and not speak their mind because they don't want to lose their job. And uh, the, the Braves were a perfect, perfect example of that. And as you know, with, with us, with Dusty, Dusty does another great job. Dusty hires people that have played and that has – been around the game because they understand what's like to struggle. You know, guys that never put on a jock strap, you know, crunching numbers, don't even know who you are or your face, and, you know, telling you this is what you should be doing. You know, that's that's it. But if you if you look at it, I, w- I wonder if attendance or the game is there's really, really, really a lot of good players. Hmm. You know, young good players. You know, exciting young players. But I just think what we were taught how to move runners, how to go first to third, how to hit the cutoff man, you know, you know, how to, if a guy bobbles the ball, get to second base. Sometimes, man, you might be five hits to score a run nowadays because as soon as they hit the ball, the guy's already doing celebrations. And so, the guy drops the ball three times and they just make it to first. So, you know, and, and, and I want to, I think it comes out, man. I mean, uh, I, I just find it very disappointing that a lot of players that weren't, I, I don't want to say the quality of some of us that are out of the game get opportunities to, to live in it, stay in it, and stay in it for many years. You know what I mean? And, you know, people like us don't even get the call. So with that being said, you know, it's, it is what it is. That's why I do what I do and, uh, you know, create businesses and foundations to help other people and just do my thing. You know, I, I'm fortunate. I'm grateful that baseball gave me a chance to do those do those things. But I'm also disappointed because there's a lot of people that look like me that should have opportunity to to coach. And I want to tip my hat to, you know, Marquise Grissom, uh, uh, Lou Collier, uh, uh, Mike Cameron, uh, uh, Marvin Freeman, they are coaching young people that look like us and teaching them the right way. And these kids are finally coming through the system along with perfect game. You know, the Ford family does an outstanding job of, of where every other travel organization, they have a tendency to shy away unless you have a for sure first pick or second pick in the draft. The Ford family takes all of them in in perfect game. You know what I mean? And, and allow them to be coached because it's not just about getting a major league uh, contract. You know, these kids can get a scholarship and, and and move on and continue to educate themselves. So baseball can be a lot of avenues for a lot of different things that these kids can come back and contribute and be positive in their community. So, you know, there's a lot of good organizations out there that are doing a lot of good things, but I think major league baseball is on the top and like I said, I have no ill will towards the commissioner, but I just think baseball's the last on the totem pole. We're doing the least, 
Yeah, you, you talk about Dusty, you know. Dusty wins 90 games every single year, and he's always fighting for a job. Yep. You know what I mean? He's always fighting for a job. And we have managers that get three and four and five and six-year contracts, you know, continue uh, getting their contracts renewed and because that maybe their expectations aren't to win. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, but for me, I just think baseball has to do a better job of incorporating, you know, the players that have played. Because can you imagine being an African-American player on one team and not one person looked like you? Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me the rest of them understand what I go through and what it's like to be black? No, they, I'm not. And you see that with Donaldson and Tim Anderson. That's just, that's not okay. Right. And back in our and back in our day, it probably would have been handled different. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I know, and I know Timmy, and I know he wanted to handle it different, but uh, it would have been handled, it would have been handled different. I mean, it, you know, you go to war with these guys every single day in a lack of respect. But when you have, you know, the top, the top brass, and the commissioner that allow people to act like they act and do what they do. And like I said, I don't have anything. I know Manford. I have nothing against him. I, I'm just disappointed that he's not doing enough to evolve former players in the game. And like I said, you take the last man on the bench that could be – I mean, who was the Mets coach two or three years ago? This guy was my son's A-ball coach, never played above A-ball, and he gets a managerial job. You know what I mean? It's We don't even get a call to be a coach on a coaching staff. We don't even get a call to be a manager. We don't get interviewed. You know, uh, it just seems like the last guy's on the bench, you know. It, it, it becomes the good old boys club again, like everything else. And, and and people wonder why we are upset. You know what I mean? Maybe, and I don't let it, you know, it doesn't ruin a day, my day, but I'm just disappointed in it because, you know, it, it, at this time, in our lives, I thought we'd be in a far, far, much better place. But as we can see, you know, with these hearings going on about the, the Capitol, which a lot of people listen to, I think I'm crazy. But I know what. I've seen a lot of people get locked up for selling a, a joint of marijuana or jaywalking and kids getting their butt beat, you know, by cops and going to jail. And you got people breaking into the Capitol, killing people. I mean, literally killing people. So if I'm in a car TC and somebody comes to a person, we're all accessories. So if you go into Capitol and someone died because of that attack, why aren't they accessories? Mm-hmm. Great thoughts uh, from Greg Vaughn. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head on so many elements and so many aspects, and we can only hope that Major League Baseball, things get better, in our society gets better in those things. But uh, you, you hit the nail on the head uh, with that, brother, no question about that. All right, before I let you go here, um, quick thoughts here. Uh, two of your former teams uh, are are really playing some good baseball right now, Brewers and the Padres. Uh, talk a little bit about them and who's going to come out of the National League. Dodgers, Brewers, Padres. He's trying to get me in trouble here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the AL. Astro, Astros or Yankees? How's that? <laughs> hey, you know, I was going to ask you about them both. You know, we'll run out of time. Booty was a teammate of mine. Uh, hey, man, I'm pulling for my boy Dusty. Yep. You know what I mean? The yep. Yankees beat us. Dusty, the only, the only way I see Dusty making the Hall of Fame, even after all the great credentials that he has, 
is winning the World Series because, like I said, we have to do the extra things to get rewarded for what other people don't have to do. And like I said, I'm not sitting here crying about being African-American. and it's not, We never ask for anything to, for free. We just ask for equality, just like that flag states. You know what I mean? And Dusty, the only way he's going to get in the Hall of Fame is probably to win a World Series. And I'm pulling for Dusty. And also, like I said, the Brewers and the Padres, I'm, I'm pulling for both. You know, right. I spent eight years there in Milwaukee. And, but, but the dynamic and everything has changed so much that, you know, you know, teams bring you back, teams do certain things. But, you know what, for me, you know, probably the first eight years were great. But also those four I spent in San Diego were great. So uh, I, I think it might be a little bit easier for the Brewers. But St. Louis always have a tendency to – this is their time of the year. And with the Dodgers, it's tough, man. And we don't know what's going to happen with the trades. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to land? Who's going to land Soto? Yeah, I know. You're right. And as far as Dusty goes, I I really think Greg that getting that 2000th uh, victory uh, managerial wise, it really it did it for him. He's been getting so much you know positive publicity. Guys have been speaking out, and again, he's been doing it you know like this for such a long time. And now moving up to the list where now he's number nine all time. And when he's all said and done, he can go even higher. I, I I think that you know, and like he said, the things why he won, two reasons why he wanted to come back to get two thousand managerial victories and to win a World Series. Well, he's halfway home with that. But, uh, you know, hopefully that cements him in because, as we know, he deserves to be in. So, uh, But I'm rooting for him yes, just like does. you, brother. I'm rooting for him big time just like you, and I'll be going down to see him here in a couple weeks too. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Love, love spending time with him down there in Houston. All right, man. Uh, we got to get rolling, brother. But, man, we got to have you back on. Now that you're, you're basically living here full time, we got to get you in studio uh, or, you know, on property again like we've done in the past. So let's make sure we do that. Hey, hey, anytime. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You got it, brother. And uh, great thoughts, man. Appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing you real soon. Okay, thank you. You got thank it. You. There it is. Greg Vaughn, GV23, the 15-year Major League Baseball veteran. Very wise uh, in regards to Major League Baseball. Uh, on the field, off the field, the four-time All-Star Silver Slugger Award winner. We come back. Heidi Fang's going to join us. We talk Raiders training camp and more. Pass the block. Here come the aces on the run. The Energizer looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. And here we go. Get ready for the fourth quarter of game number four. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hammy's going to let one fly. Chance of three. T.C. Martin. There are six seconds to go, and De-Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three to give the Aces the lead. The doctor is now in, 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 in. All right, hour number two. Aces in action tonight back at the house at the Michelob Ultra Arena in the Mandalay Bay. Come on out. Get your tickets. Access.com. AXS.com. Take it on the Atlanta Dream. Aces won three in a row. Coming off that very successful three-game road trip. 
Chelsea Gray will join us. You'll hear from her a little bit later on. Got a chance to catch up with her before uh, before shoot-around here today. Actually, after shoot-around today. Getting ready for tonight's game against the Atlanta Dream. And, of course, you don't go out to the game. Catch me on the call. Just right down the dial, ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM, 630 pregame show. Chelsea Gray, Becky Hammond joining me. And, of course, tip-off at 7.02 tonight, Numchuck. You like that? Like that. Could be 7.06. I haven't got the official word yet. I'm sure it's 7.02. I, no, I actually, I think it is uh, 7.08 tonight, actually. Oh, God. I think it's 7.08. Old area. I'm going to have to talk a little extra tonight. All right. All right. Speaking of talking a little extra tonight, uh, our next guest has no problem speaking a little bit extra because she's doing it on the radio, Raider Nation radio. She's speaking or doing videos with the Las Vegas Review Journal. And then when she comes on this show, she speaks, she dances, she raps, she does it all. The one and only Heidi Fang. Nice to be back. What an introduction. So all I have to do is like go away for a little bit and I get super introduction. Yeah, this is true. That's my jam right there, by the way. I, uh, we, re- dance. we remember. Yeah, so it's funny. I had told Numchak, I said, okay, we got to get you know, <laughs> Heidi some jams. He goes, well, Mary, she loved that last song, that, that Mexican jam we had. She goes, that's my jam. That's my song. And so here we go again. And you said the same thing. That's it. That's it. Told you. Okay. Nunchuck has a good memory. I appreciate that. He does. He does. I'm guessing. This could be the whole interview right here. I've I've lost complete focus. You see, this is what happens. I come on this show. Is that why you stayed away? Is that why you you stayed away? Be honest. Because I I hear you on other shows, and you know you don't have as much fun as you do on this show. I don't get it. I haven't I haven't deliberately stayed away. My schedule has just not permitted me to come in at the exact same time. I know. I'm your just quest, and I, I would, you know. I'm, there's nothing coming plus, out. I'm, I'm, plus, oh, yes. And plus, we've got company. There we go. we got much we got company. He's in the house today. Yeah, he's in the house. Uh, that, that's We're good. actually, we're in a steady room right now. I'll just break it down, the scene. Okay. Oh, the library. We're speaking a little Is bit it like I got one of those steady rooms, yeah. like, real quick? He's coloring and stuff while I'm coming on the T.C. Martin show. <laughs> oh, that's a nice promo right there. He doesn't want to leave the library. Like, we were just going to we were gonna go and, you know, be here a while, but he's enjoying the library. So Impressive. I had to adapt. I had to improvise. I, I love it. All right. Have you been ta- <laughs> have you taken him around the Raiders facility uh, this year? You not know, just that one time last year when I forgot my, they don't do those anymore, the trackers. Right. So, right. like, the story was I had a tracker. I don't know if anyone has heard this story before. I don't remember if I told it. Let's go. And so when you, when you had the tracker, you had to keep it on your wrist at all times or on your body. And sometimes they didn't have, like, the wrist straps or, like, the neck lanyard kind. So you just put it in your pocket. Then you're working there five hours, and you just kind of go, and, you know, you forget about the tracker right. until you get a call from a Raiders rep saying, oh, you have left the zone, the building, the tracker. <laughs> we need the tracker. <laughs> and so they actually need those trackers because there was accountability through the NFL as for as anybody, you know, who stepped foot on a NFL premises where that tracker went and who you were in close contact with. And, of course, if you take it off places and you're going haywire, then, you know, you gotta, you got to bring it back for protocol reasons. And so I had to go back one late at night. I had, you know, 
my son with me because it's late at night, and I, so I just drove him through a facility. But like you know, just in that little entrance in the opening with the the torch and all that, yeah. and he got to look up and see it. He was just in awe. I have this great picture I took of him from my phone, like just staring up at the the Al Davis uh, memorial torch, and he's just like, oh, uh. and it goes so figure his favorite thing is pirates. So you know. Something is happening subliminally. <laughs> this is so cool. Very nice. All right. Next thing you know, he'll be breaking down game film uh, for the Raiders with you. There you go. Oh, he already does that with me. Of course. That's, that's homework. All right. Does, that's homework. Who, who's his favorite player? <laughs> oh, I don't do favorite players yeah. because, you know, as a journalist and the objectivity thing. And I love it. If I start calling favorites, then yeah. other people are going to say, hey, I heard you and you're partial to X, Y, Z. And that can't happen, right? Because then, you, you know, if something happens on a bad day, I got to break it down. Then they're like, why are you ripping your favorite? No, and I understand. I but to. I'm talking about your son's <laughs> favorite. Your son can have a favorite. You just oh, can't. Yes. You know what? He, he, he likes when people get tackled. He was at um, an event with me. And they had like those little tackling, you know, things set up around the air in the restaurant. And um, the event was in a restaurant. That's why I took him. And then, so it, the restaurant and the tackling and stuff like that going on. And then he just starts like looking at people's legs. Like he had the eye of like the condor or something. Not the eye and of the tiger. Like, the eye part. of the condor. Let's be clear now. No, because yeah, okay. that's what they call Max Crosby, right? right? So I would guess Max Crosby. He, he likes to look at the guys going after the other guys and hitting the tackle. <laughs> You know, this segment it usually do, does go sideways, but it usually takes a while Always. for it to go sideways. This is this is great. You know, we've gone Condor, Tiger, uh, Heidi's a little boy. Uh, there it is. That's it. All right. Thanks for coming oh, on today. We'll let's get back to the library. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not so, letting you go. There's a whole TV series area I did not know existed. It's like binging Netflix before Netflix. Oh, really? If I get here, maybe I can find some microfiche, too. I've been really wanting to go through one of those machines like they do in those old movies where, you know, they have microfiche and you get stare through So everything. you're in an actual library. You're like in a, a like, an actual, actual library. like Las Vegas County or Clark County library. <laughs> you're in a library. Correct. This, okay, so we did a show for, with Heidi at an AT&T store, I think it was, right? Yes. We did her being basically locked out of the Raider facility on a blustery, windy day where she was We're like crouching behind the tree. Uh, yeah, there, yeah, uh, yeah. Heidi, uh, Heidi, what, what do you call it? Crouching Heidi, crouching Heidi, crouching Heidi, hidden tiger. There it is, exactly. So we got that. Boom. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, with Heidi Fang at a library near you, and I don't have to whisper because I'm not in the library. But I immediately want to whisper, but she's not even whispering. So is whispering not a thing? Do we are our libraries different now? Do you not have to be hush hush? You know why it's different? There's nobody here. Number one, number two. <laughs> of course not. Summer <laughs> I'm in a study. I'm in a study room. I asked for a private study room, which they have, which has got four walls and a door. So I wow. feel okay. I told them I had to make a phone call. Do they have snacks? Boom, they Do they have it up. snacks in the library? Snacks. No, no, I did not see, see any snacks. Yeah, we need snacks. I have, however, brought in some contraband. <gasps> no. No, no Brittany yeah, Griner contraband. My son. Uh, not <laughs> of that sort. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Thank you. I've got just some water. But here, that's legal here, Heidi. That's totally legal here. <laughs> some popsicles. Oh. I mean, what's that called? A lollipop, not a popsicle. Oh, okay. 
Man, get me excited with a popsicle. I could go for a popsicle. A root beer popsicle? I haven't had yes. a root beer popsicle oh, forever. I know. Wouldn't that be good? You know those double the, the sticked double ones? you break them? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it used to be an art to, to break those popsicles you know, right in half there. Yeah, because a lot of times mine would not be perfectly oh, no, you know, you, split. You would always take the ones bigger. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, it's true. Well, here yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. You'd give me the smaller one. Of, yeah. course, of course you would. There he goes. Okay. Anyway, we don't need to hear about your contraband, Heidi. That's okay. Popsicles, lollipops, that is good, though. Did we lose Heidi? I think. I, look, I got it. This is my cheek hit the mute button. Jeez. This is not the I'm first time of that either. I'm talking about Dum Dum. I'm like, yeah, the root beer Dum Dum. Yeah, right. Yeah, Buzz Lightyear stickers. What? <laughs> and then, then I hear you, and I'm like, oh, they can't hear me. Not about that. There it is. A little bit louder now. Oh, I'm in a library. You're probably, Well, hey, this is dedication. I mean, Heidi Fang is busy. We understand that. All right, and. Again, why do I always say Heidi Fang? You know, why do I do that? Everybody why do, does it. Every, just, everybody does it's that. It's more than it's just, just a name. It's a personality. It is. I, I, I just can't say Heidi. Because yeah. <laughs> you know Heidi what it is. Fang. Yeah. It, it's the Seinfeld in you. It is the Seinfeld. It's exactly. The Alec Berg. Yeah. There it is. Exactly. It is the Alec Berg. It's the Heidi Fang. Yeah. There it is. All right. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate you joining us. Yeah. Unicorn. They're very nice. I appreciate you joining us. I mean, again, Spending time with your child in a library that's basically barricaded off so she could do this interview without being distracted. Or people in the background going, shh. Yeah, because we can get a little loud, as we know. All right. Raiders training camp. Uh, rookies reported yesterday. Veterans coming in tomorrow. It, it's here, Heidi, as you well know. It all starts. Are you like one of those that are taking your deep breath and going, Okay, we have to be spending morning, noon, and night, or a lot of time here training camp. Are you genuinely excited, or be honest? I mean, be totally honest with us. Are you just kind of saying, "Ah, oh, man, I wish it didn't start for another month"? I am really excited because here's the deal: is that it's one kickoff to the new season. Two, everyone's really anticipating getting more looks at Devonte Adams. Yeah, you know, he really just sets himself apart, and it's like the first time we really had that. I think in terms of um, skill players that just kind of blow your mind away at that elite level. I mean, yes, Darren Waller is there, and he is, I think, one of the top three tight ends, bar none in the NFL, right? So it's been a pleasure to watch him. Now we're just getting spoiled. We already had, like, the hot fudge. Now we're getting the whipped cream. Hunter Renfro's there to, you know, put the ice cream together. And then Darren, I mean, Derek Carr take it, put the cherries, right? It's the, he's, the, he's the cherry dropper. Where'd the cherry go? Boop, end zone. So that's what happens when you get Heidi Fang, T.C. Martin together on a foodie version of the, how excited you are for the Raiders. And I noticed you didn't say any nuts, though. Yeah, which I'm fine. I'm glad, kind of glad well, you didn't. Pecans, uh, walnuts. You or... cannot get nuts in the store unless they're almonds or something. And I want peanuts if I'm getting nuts on my Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, like, I understand allergies and all that. But what if they just, like, put them in plastic bags like they do all the other nuts? Yeah. Like, if the other nuts can be in plastic bags, why can't I have peanuts? <laughs> Being completely serious. Because, like, if the whole thing is the nut allergy then I don't understand why almonds are exclusive and, like, peanuts can't be put in a bag at an ice cream shop. Well, if you put peanuts in the bag, wouldn't that be called a nut sack? (laughs) But I am looking forward to the Raiders having their first training camp session. 
You know darn well you wanted to comment, you wanted to laugh, you wanted to do something. Don't act like you didn't. And you're blushing. I can see you right now. You're blushing. I'm the mother of a child. He can't hear. Right here. There's no speaker there. He didn't hear what we said. Uh, no, <laughs> not hey, going down that road. I DC. like almonds. I like almonds. I love salted almonds. I'm a peanut guy too. I like. What was that? What was that? <laughs> almonds. Almonds get to be in the ice cream stores, but the peanuts can't. I know it's true. I get that, but I really don't want almonds in my ice cream. I want almonds by itself, so I could like snack on almonds on an airplane. That is my favorite snack on an airplane. Peanuts are good too, but I like bringing my. Um, here's a free shout out: Blue Diamond almonds, the Smokehouse almonds. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Exactly. Those, Those are, are best ones. Nails. Nails. No I question. I do that. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll say this, Heidi, too. Now, I'm a little bougie, right? And I do like... I, I am. I, I, I like the pistachios. I know, you know where I'm going. I like the pistachios. <laughs> now, a lot of people don't have pistachios because let's, they're not bougie enough, or they can't afford them, or I don't know what it is. But, you know, I, I do like pistachios. I got spoiled at a young age. They discriminate against the green shells. I'm telling you, that's what it is. Wow. You know about pistachios. You're, 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 you're a little Hawaiian, and you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? A little 5 Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Pe- peanuts are good, though. I, 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 I'm with you with the peanuts. You know, walnuts. I'm out. Not 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 much for wal- pecans. Oh no, I'm, I'm out. Can, yeah, yeah, no. There you go. I wish the allergy was a walnut problem because nobody really needs walnuts in their life. Right. So yeah, yeah. Um, but when you have the idea of Josh McDaniels coming in to oh. lead, oh, we're back to players now. Team okay, got you. And yeah. and getting back into training camp. I mean, like, I think the excitement level for everyone is really high. Just looking forward to seeing what is, you know, the actual product that we're going to get to see once this team hits the field. That's why I think everybody's really, truly excited for training camp, unlike any other season before. Heidi Fang, Las Vegas Review-Journal, is excited for training camp. She joins us today. All right. What are you most – and you went through – uh, a laundry list there, which I understand. Okay, but we're going to narrow it down now. What are you most intrigued about going to training camp? What do you, What are you really focusing on? Oh, the offensive line, without question. There you go. Like I think there's a lot of question marks there to be settled out, and there's definitely going to be, I think, some competition. Whether it's healthy competition to push the guys that they're already trying to mentally put into those slots. Right, like let's take right tackle for example with Alex Leatherwood. And here's the thing: like yesterday, I talked to Alex Leatherwood, and I really thought that he was so focused and tuned in on everything that um, needed to get accomplished in his off season, and he really worked hard at I think getting there. And I want to see how well he does put things together once he's out there on the practice field. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, with, with all this competition, yeah, no, there's no question. You know, for me, it's the same thing. It's the offensive line. And it's the DBs. I mean, are they going to be able to cover people? Are they going to give Carr, you know, time uh, to throw the ball to, and find Devontae Adams? You know, because there's a lot of shiny toys, and you mentioned a lot of them from the backfield of Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake and those guys, uh, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Waller, Renfro, all a lot of shiny toys. But if he doesn't, if Carr doesn't get the time, Heidi, it's it's all won or lost right there behind the O line, mm-hmm. and, and I think you know, we both know that. But, you know, here's another thing. You're, you're sitting there talking about the, the anticipation of 
what to expect this year. There now, not only is there anticipation, but there's expectations. And do you get the sense and the feel that there is now actually pressure on this team to win now? I definitely think so, especially being that they made the playoffs already. I think that there's no question that they want to get back there, that they have, you know, put everything into trying to accomplish that. I think that's why exactly why Josh McDaniels is there, that they took their time in finding a coach that they feel is going to put that in, him them in that position. Plus, you look at the, the Super Bowls, the championships, in which he's had experience in leading teams, too. And, you know, like no one in the beginning, at earlier times, you know, was looking like, at some of the people that were on the Patriots that came together to make a championship happen. You know, there were a lot of people, I think, in the earlier um, years when Belichick and McDaniels were together, like that they were just going like, hmm, interesting. But, you know, like, would they be anybody without that offensive system? That's a big question to ask and to figure if, like, let's say, you know, a Julian Edelman or a Wes Welker had the same success on another team. Who knows? You know, I think... There were special talents that were on that team, but there were also guys I think benefited from the system and having other elite talent with them, like uh, Gronkowski and having Aaron Hernandez and all of that, you know, back in those days when they were those two tight end devastating sets that people just couldn't figure out how to defend in in the red zone. I mean, those are all things that I think McDaniels made really really stand out with um, the offenses and the players that he had to work with. You know, a lot of first-year coaches – well, he's not a first-year coach, but, you know, because he's been a head coach before. But when you go to a new team, a lot of coaches will get kind of a, a free pass in that first season. And I don't think we're going to get that. I mean, from a fan's perspective, they want to see this team win now. And like you said, okay, they got over the hurdle about making the playoffs here. So I think that the Raiders – you know, with these expectations, with Devontae Adams here, with Chandler Jones on the defensive side of the ball, with Crosby back, I, you know, I, I this team is going to have to to get to that eleven or twelve win plateau. I think to, and that's asking a lot. It is. I know a lot of people are doing like, okay, well, ten wins is good enough. Maybe eleven. Can we get there? But you got to believe, especially the players feel this way themselves. They want to win now too, but. Yeah, I, I just think that Josh McDaniels is going to have to show that, okay, we, we've got to not only make the playoffs, but we've got to win games in the playoffs. 100%, especially in the AFC West. You look at the AFC West and how uh, difficult I think the level has become with all of the teams and facing those teams in the division. It's like everyone leveled up. <laughs> so yeah. You're going to have to hit that, like you said, 12, 13 win mark to be able to get over that hump especially if you're trying to look at not just making the playoffs as a wild card, but if you're trying to win the division, which I don't know if, you know, KC without a Tyreek Hill is as formidable as everybody uh, used to expect that they would be. But they also do still have some weapons there, that, and especially in their head coach who designs great game plans. So it's going to be a competition the whole way down no matter what. Have you done the win-loss thing by looking at the schedule? Have, do we have the Heidi Fang project, projection yet? You know what? I haven't done my official one yet, but last year, I'll tell you what. Last year, I found my papers, and I put 9-7. and seven. Pretty 
pretty, I mean, uh, sorry, I had nine and eight. So nine. I was pretty close. Wow. Pretty, I'm so used to doing pretty, 16. Pretty, 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 good. There you go. All right. Hall of Fame game. Raiders uh, start training camp along with the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier than anybody else because they're in that Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. Uh, Thursday, August 4th. That is right around the corner. I, I would imagine uh, you're going to be uh, gallivanting to Canton, Ohio. Are you looking forward to that? I am doing the gallivant. That's correct. All right. All right. I'll be out there. All right. So, you know, we're going to have to get a live report, you know, from uh, either inside the <laughs> Hall of Fame. I mean, if we can go inside a library, we have got to be inside the Hall of Fame or, I guess, you know, tailgating at, at Canton, you know. Or at least the Chick-fil-A that's outside the building that is right on the corner next to it, right? I think that was what I saw. I haven't been to Canton, so I don't know that. Is there a Chick-fil-A there? And you're a Chick-fil-A fan? I have no idea. I've never been to Canton. Yeah, okay. What are you talking about? You've been doing some homework. I was just thinking visuals. Oh, jeez. That I'd seen in these areas. All right, Chick-fil-A or Canes for you? What is it? Neither. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Give me the old school KFC joint. Uh, <laughs> Give me the old two piece and a biscuit. The two and piece. I need uh, these sandwiches and the sauces. Look at this. I love it. No, give me the sandwich. Give me the give me the mashed potato and the corn on the cob mm-hmm. and the coleslaw and the old two piece and was, a coke and a smile. There it is. She's doing. She's doing. I think they have Pepsi actually, Heidi, over at KFC because I, I I do frequent them. I ain't quite been a bit. in a minute. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah. I just I just don't do so much fast food Crispy anymore. or non-crispy? I just don't. That's it. Regular or crispy? Oh, it depends. It depends on my mood, but I <laughs> tend to lean with the original recipe. Yes, that that original recipe. I have no idea what it is, but it's. But you it's, get the extra crispy on some days. Like yes. I, 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 there's no like just crispy for me. It's yeah. either original recipe or yeah. extra crispy. All right, so I don't know if you could go with me or not because again, here, here's the bouginess that I have. Oh, when dear. when I when I go to KFC, I'm asking for the just like when I go to the movies, I want the fresh uh, popcorn. I'll wait the ten minutes while you fire up. I'm not gonna you know pay the the twelve dollars, the twenty bucks for the popcorn. The been sitting. No, I'm not going to do it. And I and when I go to KFC, I ask them, Heidi, first question: How long has the the chicken breast been sitting? And I don't know. Let me go check. Uh, probably about twenty. Those chickens are nope. fresh. No. Nope. How nope. dare you? I they w- go every day. No. Nope. Exactly. So I ask that. I say I will wait in my car. A, I want a fresh chicken breast. Sir, that's going to be twelve minutes. No problem. Because there is nothing oh. like a KFC. Uh, whether original recipe or the the crispy, a freshly chicken breast right out of the fryer. Nothing like it, Heidi Fang. Now, I'm going to spoil you where now you're going to say, you know what? Next time you dive into one of those, you're going, this thing's been sitting for a day and a half. I should have done the TC move. Sorry, I lost you there. Oh. I was getting a wave down from the librarian, and I was nodding. I'm so sorry about that. That's so unprofessional of oh. me. But oh, no, I, I'm no getting problem. The, the nods. No, and we will let like, you. I guess my time is up in this room. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll, I guess we'll it's only let you for go. half an hour. That's it. And That's like, why we need a visual. We need a visual. That's why we need a visual. We need to do video with you because then we can have the wrap-up sign. There you go. Okay. Oh, man. I, I'm so sorry. I, but, yeah, I, no. just the lady is waving at me. I guess somebody else needs the room yeah. or I'm being too loud. I don't know which one. But <laughs> Tell them to wait. Yeah. I'll, I'll just abide by the laws of the library. Listen, listen Heidi, I, I don't want to embarrass you right now. So why don't you just give your phone to that lady and, and let me talk to her right now. Tell her she's going to be She walked away. <laughs> 
You wouldn't do it anyway. You wouldn't do it anyway. You wouldn't do it because you know what I'd say to her. I'd say, ma'am, you're interrupting the great Heidi Fang on a worldwide (laughs) radio show. What are you doing? Oh, and by the way, let's talk about some library books. And then next thing you know, she'd be in she'd be in love with me and and we'd be talking about what's going on in that library. She'd give me the whole schedule for the next month. But but that's okay. All right, you get going. Uh, thanks for spending the time with us today. We will talk to you at training camp when you are, um, as we say, unabated to the quarterback. How's that? You got it. You got it. We'll T- be talking. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, Gigi. Thanks for having me. All right. There it is. Bye. She is Heidi Fang. Ejected out of the library. Ejected. This is not the first time this has happened. She was trying to find the, the book Tropic of Cancer. <laughs> I don't know what it is. When we have Heidi Fang on the show, there is always chaos. We, we referenced. There it is. Raider facility. Uh, hiding behind a, a, a tree. Getting locked out of the facility. Uh, to, uh, the AT&T store. Causing havoc there. Too loud at the library. You know, she probably could have said to me earlier today, well, I'm going to be at the library. Um, can we do it another time or something? And she, I know her. She probably feels, feels like, why well, I can't say no. You can't say no. It's totally fine. It's okay. But I'm thinking today's a good day because she's not at training camp. Rookies reported yesterday. Veterans tomorrow. Today's the day. Today is She's the got day. a little one. I appreciate that. But for her to spend time with us in the library, and you know she's probably, like you said, you know, crouching Heidi, hidden tiger. She's doing that in the library. I really have to think about before I say that, you know, it's like, yeah, there's a lot how that comes out. But anyway, but what we did get out of that interview is she's looking forward to training camp. We're going to have a lot of fun. Of course, the interview takes its twists and turns to food and it goes to where ice cream and nuts. And yes, we have a nutsack reference in the interview. That's gold, Jerry. You know, we actually have a rejoiner with Steve Heitner saying, that's gold, TC. That's gold. You do realize that. See? Do I have to direct the show as well, too? Hey, this is Steve Heitner, and lucky you, you're listening to the TC Martin Show. I just didn't. That's gold, baby. Gold. I just didn't want all that in the beginning. Really? Yeah. Well, then you could, like, just hit the part that says, that's gold, baby. That's gold. You could have done that. Yeah. 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 Give yourself a little credit. There it is. You can do it, man. You can do it, Numchuck. I know you can do it. All right. Heidi Fang, talking Raiders. What are we excited about with the Raiders? Yeah. This is a a great time. There is anticipation. Said it before, and we're going to start talking a lot about that now, that we are looking forward to seeing this team win. That's it. Because there's no more excuses. You've revamped the front office. You have a new president again. You've got you know, a very good one. You've got yourself a head coach who there's some question marks based on his last head coaching experience in Denver. Can he get the job done? Has had great tutelage under Bill Belichick. Maybe he'll have a little bit more to work with. Will he have the freedom under Mark Davis? Okay. And the, the rest of the executive staff here. I think so. And you've got some shiny toys. Like I said, you got Devontae Adams. You've got Josh Jacobs. Got solid running game. Solid wide receiving core. One of the best tight ends in the game with Darren Waller. Great stuff there. 
Great fan base, great stadium, great place to play football. And if the Raiders win here in Las Vegas, oh man, a lot more attention they're going to be getting as well too. But right now, let's face it, the thoughts about the Raiders from a national perspective is still the same. When they came to Las Vegas, it's like, okay, they're still the Raiders. It didn't matter if they played in Oakland, L.A., Back in Oakland again, especially the last time they were in Oakland, they weren't very good. You know, broke what sixteen-year drought of not making the playoffs, or you know, a long time. You know, so they made the playoffs last year, gave a pretty good account of themselves, but it's beyond that. It's not good enough. Just giving a good account of yourself anymore. You've got to win. Mark Davis wants to win. He's shelling out the money to win. He's shelling out the money for both franchises, the Raiders and the Aces, and he wants results. And he's getting the results with the Aces. This is the year that you really got to look at the Raiders and say, okay, does this team have what it takes to win? Personnel and paper looks pretty good, but no one from a national perspective is going to give them the time and give them the coverage that Raider fans want them to have because you have to prove yourself first. And they're still in the prove-it mode right now. So, yeah, a lot of interesting aspects to uh, look at trading camp. Looking forward to being out there. Looking forward to talking about it. Looking forward to talking with our guests uh, during the course of this year uh, from the football side, both locally and nationally. And uh, looking forward to it all starting off tomorrow at the Raiders facility. Early training camp. It's here already. And the Raiders take on the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday, August 4th at the nationally televised Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. All right, we come back. We talk aces. They are back at home tonight. They're riding a three-game win streak. You will hear from Chelsea Gray, the dynamic and probably the best point guard in the league, coming up next. What's going on? It's Kelsey Plum, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. The Las Vegas Aces are back at home tonight at the Michelob Ultra Arena here at the Mandalay Bay, getting ready for a three-game homestand, and that's got to feel pretty good. And join us now, the Aces point guard, Chelsea Gray. Chelsea, you had yourselves a nice little long road trip here, but did encompass three big-time victories uh, on the road. How are you feeling about that? Good. I think um, it, it prepares you for later down the road for playoff scenarios when you are on the road for a little bit of uh, of time. We were able to play New York back-to-back, and that's just like a playoff scenario. Um, so it was good for us, and we learned a lot about ourselves and, and got better. How do you feel about playing the same team in these back-to-back situations, whether it's at home or away? Um... I think it just depends sometimes. Um, We played New York three times in a row, which I didn't really like. Um, But, I mean, like I said, it it helps you and prepares you for later down the road for playoff situations. You go back east and you have that three-game sweep right after the All-Star game. How important was that to start the second half off on a three-game sweep? It was super important. Um, Maybe that break just gave us a little refresher and got back to the basics and what got us to where we had been in the beginning of the season. And so we wanted to reflect that coming out right after All-Star break. Was there a kind of a collective 
thing with you guys as a team or a message from Becky about wanting to start this second half of the season off with a sweep back east, especially considering how you guys ended the first half? Yeah, I think that was always the case that we wanted to come out with our best fight. Um, right after All-Star break, and that's what we were able to do. The Connecticut game was really big in so many ways with potential tiebreakers. How much emphasis was put on getting that victory against Connecticut? Super important. We hadn't won there for a long period of time, um, and it's a tough place to play. Um, so we were able to get it done in a, in a hard environment, and that's what playoffs are going to feel like, and that, def that game really had a playoff feel. You know, a lot was made about the All-Star game and you not making the All-Star team, which was a travesty. How do you handle that or answer those type of questions, or do you just kind of have to really just put that aside? Um, try to put it aside, you know, you can control what you can control and just get better and just, I mean, I was just ultra being uh, focused for this next half of the season and uh, people's going to remember towards the end of season and in playoffs. Doesn't that give you a little extra motivation? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, we're ready to finish this season out and start with playoffs. Chelsea Gray joining me as we get ready for tonight's game between the Aces and the Atlanta Dream. Kelsey Plum gets her contract extension meaning basically all you guys are, are kind of locked up here now for the next couple seasons. How important is that collectively as a team to feel that like we got a core of our team together? Because as you know, you've been around this league a long time and in sports, that doesn't happen all the time. Um, when you talk about great teams and um, talk about like dynasties, you talk about going back from to the Houston, uh, Houston Comments, you talk about um, when Sacramento Monarchs, um, Minnesota Lynx, and even on the men's side, I mean, the Miami Heat, you talk about the Lakers, like, you talk about all these teams, it's because a lot of their core people have stayed together for a extended period of time, and that's what we're trying to build here at Vegas, and um, we successfully are able to do that, and, you know, everybody was able to come to the table and be like, we want to, money is a thing, but also, like, we want to be staying together, and if that means we have to take less here and there, then we have to do that. And um, that's what we were able to do for uh, the next coming season. And you remember, you know, Becky said that the other day after the game, saying, hey, let's be clear here. Everybody kind of had to sacrifice yeah. a little bit uh, with that, too. And talk a little bit about that aspect. I mean, that's the you want you want to play with the with the next person um, you want to play for and with that person. And that's what we were able to do. And that's a mindset that we that we have. Is that something that you guys kind of have talked about? together like behind the scenes about hey wanting to stay together and really try to build something here yeah a little bit I mean we're focused on this year we talk about it a little bit um, but I mean it's, it's it's important for us as well and we're just keep building off of that now Kelsey Plum signed the contract extension and she didn't tell anybody you guys just yeah. didn't know about it until after the yeah. press conference what's up with that yeah she gonna get she gonna get talked to about that <laughs> <laughs> As we get ready for this three-game homestand, and it starts here tonight. First of all, it's been a while since you guys have been back here, the long road trip and everything. What's the point of emphasis here, obviously, besides winning, but uh, kind of making a statement to get back on track here at home? Just playing the right way, putting together a good 40 minutes. We've been able to do that on the road here um, recently, so we just got to be able to protect our home court. Our record has been better on the road than it is at home thus far, and we got we to gotta change that. And in order to do that, it starts with you know each game being better and being our best self. Hey, final thing for you, because you have been fantastic this year. You get a lot of praise for running the show, being this point guard. You're a veteran in this league. From your perspective, how do you feel you are playing right now and gelling with this team? 
Um, good. I mean, I think I can do better. I'm always trying to find ways to get better, whether it's on court physically and making more shots, making better reads, but also like IQ wise, watching film and bringing the best out of my teammates. Um, we want to be, I and, and us as a team want to be playing our best basketball um, come the end of August and into September. And that's been our focus. The chemistry on this team always has seemed good. But where do you think it is right now? Um, we're having fun. We're excited to be in this group and be together. Um, we're having a good time on and off the court, and that's what it's all about. B playing basketball is only a short period of time, but you got to enjoy it. All right. You're having a great season. Congratulations. We look forward to a great game tonight and the rest of this homestand the rest of this year. Thank you. There she is, Chelsea Gray, point guard for the Aces. She has been fantastic. Her Asia Plum uh, 2019-18, respectively, from those uh, three in the game on Saturday against the Connecticut Sun. Uh, Jackie Young, great season. De'Arca Hamby, all five starters, averaging double figures. And the Aces were in a little bit of a lull there. And they had lost three home games in a row, which was shocking. You know, going back to what took place the last, you know, two, three weeks ago. Aces have not won a home game in a month. And they started off. You know, on fire at home. At one point in time, we're eight and one. Now they're eight and four on their home floor. But good news is they went on the East Coast trip. They beat the New York Liberty in two straight games. So they got them, won that season series, even though they lost to the Liberty in the last home game before the All Star break. Then they beat the Connecticut Sun, which was huge, 91 83 on Saturday. And they won that season series now two games out of three. Which is huge because when it's all said and done, it's going to come down to the Aces and the Sun probably and the Chicago Sky. All right, That's what it's going to come down to. And if the Aces can win the season series with both of those teams and have a better record, then they could have home court advantage throughout the postseason. And that is huge. And especially the travel problems that have gone on with the Aces. And it happened again this past weekend. The team got done. They had the nationally televised game on Saturday on ABC. The game started at 10 o'clock Pacific time, so 1 p.m. Eastern. And they're playing in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun Casino. The place is kind of really not near anywhere. And they were supposed to fly out that afternoon, that night. Aces didn't fly out until last night, Sunday night. Didn't get back in Vegas. Luckily, they gained the three hours in time around 6 o'clock or so last night. So, no practice yesterday. Uh, quick shoot around today. And Becky Hammond, very vocal. Kelsey Plum, a lot of the players, very vocal. If you read Twitter, Kelsey Plum said, got asked by a reporter. He said, uh, the WNB reporter said uh, he was the toughest uh, competitor you faced this season. Kelsey Plum responds with, the airlines, just brutal. And it's it has been that way. Uh, Becky Hammond um, has been fine and is on the verge of being fined for talking about this. I'm looking forward to talking to Becky tonight like I do before each and every game in the pregame show uh, because she won't sugarcoat it. And she says, what do I do? I mean, do I just tell it like it is and risk being fined? Or she goes, do I just decline like, you know, all media? And she goes, but people need to know about how we're being treated and what's, what happens here with the airlines. 
Yes, WNBA teams must ride coach. They cannot ride, even though Mark Davis and even before him, the MGM Grand said, we're fine, we'll, we'll fly you. We'll fly you charter, no problem, but against WNBA rules because that is an unfair advantage. And especially when it comes time to free agency, well, let's go play for the Aces because they've got money and they, they have charter flights, they have private flights, you know. No, it's just a rule. And the Aces have been burned, and we've talked about it before. It's been national headlines where they had to forfeit a game going back last year uh, you know, against Washington when they've gone on that East Coast trip to face Connecticut and Washington to New York. And this time they had a game Tuesday, game Thursday, both against the same opponent, against the New York Liberty, there in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. Then they had to ride a bus to go to Connecticut. Then they got to ride a bus back to New York and fly out of there, and they couldn't get a flight until the very next day. So, yeah, it is it is brutal. And for a lot of people, they may say, well, you know, it's just yeah, athletes just suck it up. That's what you got to do. No, because no other league flies, you know, with with the public. They don't fly commercial. They don't do it. No other professional league. Most college teams don't fly commercial, especially basketball teams. This is professional basketball. I think an NBA team would do that. And while the WNBA has made strides, and Adam Silver has acknowledged, you know, hey, you know, we're helping the WNBA. We're helping with their marketing deals. We're getting the players more money. That is true. They're making more money now than they ever have. But right now, the travel is downright embarrassing. And that's why winning these games is so huge because you don't want to have to lose a tiebreaker to the Connecticut Sun and have to go back there, say, for a WNBA Finals and and take two road trips back there, start games one and two back there, and then go back for a fifth and you know necessary game, if necessary game, and then game five to go back there again. It's it, it's brutal. At any rate, Chelsea Gray, one of the best point guards in the league, uh, we did have to edit out a little bit of what she said because <laughs> she was very upset as she should be, but not making the All Star team saying that it was BS, and it was. And, you know, we've heard managers talk this way about the All-Star game. You get too many guys from one team. Well, that was pretty much it. Aces had four-fifths of the starting lineup. If there was a starter that really deserved to be there, the Aces starting five, it was Chelsea Gray. Of course, it's Asia Wilson. But outside of that, Kelsey Plum having a great year, it's Chelsea Gray. Probably... Jackie Young, fantastic season. Breakout season. She deserved to be a starter. And was. Derek Hamby wasn't a starter, but she made the all-star team. Second year in a row. Deservedly so. Chelsea Gray, too. But uh, So Chelsea has kind of take that upon her shoulders. She's out to prove something. And you know what? That may turn out to be one of the best things that happened for this team. Because with Chelsea Gray is motivated... Not saying that she doesn't play motivated all the time, but she is so motivated right now. She wants to stick it to people. She wants to stick it to the WNBA and say, yeah, I should have been there. And she should have been because she was embarrassed. She was embarrassed she didn't make it. All the pomp and circumstances, not being in Chicago for that, she deserved to be there. Feel for her for that. But she is what makes the Aces go. 
Everybody on the Aces will tell you that. Every player will say, she's the engine that makes us go. I call her the magician. She's phenomenal. So, Chelsea Gray, great player. One of the best point guards in the WNBA. Aces take on the Atlanta Dream tonight. Come on out, see it. Indiana Fever on Thursday. LA Sparks on Saturday. Access.com for your tickets. And again, you can join me on the radio side if you don't make it out there. Listen, down the dial, ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM, 630 pregame show, and 7 o'clock with the tip-off. 7.08 tip-off. Numchuck confirmed. There you go. Major League Baseball All-Star Game tonight. Clayton Kershaw will get the start for the National League. Shane McClanahan is going to start for the American League. I know a lot of people want to see Otani start for the AL tonight. Well, he will be leading off and be the DH tonight. Uh, will he get in the game and pitch? We'll see. So, you know, managers really don't have much control. They don't get a chance to pick the players anymore. Back in the day, managers got a chance to pick the reserves. Uh, Dusty did get a chance to make the lineup for the American League, just like Brian Snicker did for the Braves. So it'll be interesting to see the moves that these managers make, especially on the American League side. Uh, Dusty lets Otani pitch. And uh, like I said, he's well aware of the mindset for a lot of these guys. He had said that when he's making out this lineup for the American League, he said that a couple things played into his decision-making. One, he wanted to bat guys where they customarily hit or close to it in the lineup. They want that comfortability factor. Two is he wanted to have that DH at the top of the order, so he's going to have to roll that around. So. You know, get some top-notch guys coming to the DH when the lamp rolls over, the t- uh, hitting in the one hole. And then he says guys are going to want to be able to get out of there quickly to catch a plane to try to get a day vacation <laughs> before they get back with their teams on Thursday. And that's a real thing. Players are will, will go out of that clubhouse sometimes without even showering and make a beeline to the airport. They've got their private jets lined up, you know, at the airport there in Los Angeles. So all that factors in. Here's your starting lamps for tonight's game. All right, for the American League, uh, Otani will lead off and be the DH tonight for the American League. Aaron Judge will bat second, play right field from the Yankees. Batting third, Rafael Devers from the Boston Red Sox will hit third and play third base. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for the Toronto Blue Jays will bat cleanup, play first base. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton from the Yankees will play left field and bat fifth. Byron Buxton, center field, will bat six for the from the Minnesota Twins. Tim Anderson represents the White Sox tonight. He'll bat seventh and play shortstop. Uh, Andreas Gomez will play second base and bat eighth. And then Alejandro Kirk, the catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, will bat ninth. He's the catcher. And Shane McClanahan will pitch tonight. For the AL. The National League uh, starters tonight will bat in this order. Ronald Acuna will play right field and lead off. Mookie Betts will bat second, play center field. Manny Machado from the Padres will play third base and bat third. Paul Goldschmidt, having another great year with the Cardinals, will bat cleanup and play first base. Trey Turner bats fifth. From the, uh, from the uh, almost said the Washington Nationals. Good one, huh? Uh, formerly the Washington Nationals. The L.A. Dodgers. So uh, they'll be rooting for him tonight. He'll play shortstop and bat fifth. 
Wilson Contreras and William Contreras will both start. They are brothers. I think first time that has uh, uh, happened back-to-back, maybe back to the Alou brothers going way back in the day. But uh, Wilson Contreras, uh, the catcher, will bat sixth. William Contreras will be the DH, bat seventh. Uh, Jacques Peterson, now with the Giants, coming home. Spent five years with the Dodgers. He'll play left field and bat eighth. Jeff McNeil will play second base for the Mets, and he will bat ninth. And Clayton Kershaw on the mound for the Dodgers tonight. So there you have it. So looking forward to uh, the Major League All-Star Baseball game tonight. What did you decide, Numchuck? How fast am I going to be able to? If it's a regulation game and we're regulation. not doing this, we're not doing this nonsense where I have to sit through a home run derby hour 40, for extra innings. Hour forty-six. Really? Yes. That's it. Unbelievable. I'm going to get under, but I, you know, I don't know. It just depends. If I depends on it, really depends on the action. I it mean, really depends it, it on how be... much I want to like sleep in tomorrow or how late I want to go to bed. That's exactly. really, that's what it depends on, right? Exactly. But you're right. Promise you're not going to text me and say, I, "Oh my I, god, I'm not going to message you anything." Yeah, I, I might do it now, just like once, to, just to mess with you. Yeah, correct. just be like, I'm "Holy cow, fourth inning, gotta watch." Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, I, that drives me nuts when people do that. All right, uh, thank Chelsea Gray uh, for uh, talking earlier today. Then on the show today, Heidi Fang, great stuff there, talking about Raiders training camp, getting ready to get underway. Appreciate Heidi for joining us uh, today. So great stuff there. And Greg Vaughn, the 15-year Major League Baseball veteran. Uh, Great stuff from GV today, the four-time All-Star. Yes, he knows a thing or two about playing in All-Star games. Tomorrow we're back at it again. We'll recap the All-Star festivities, the All-Star game. Get ready. For Raiders training camp officially starting at the facility in Henderson tomorrow. For Numchuck, TC saying so long. If you missed any part of the show, go to the website. Check out the interviews, the classic interview page. Current interviews up there as well, too. Listen to our conversation with Olden Polonies up on the homepage. Great stuff there. Talking about the NBA, WNBA, and everything else. And Aces in action tonight at the Mendeley Bay, the Michelob Ultra Arena. Have yourself a good one. We're recapping tomorrow right here at 2. Enjoy.